This is an RNZ podcast. So if Boris ever comes to New Zealand, is stuff going to push a headline that says boozy, rule-breaking nose bear Boris um, meets Ardern? And what about the incumbent UK Prime Minister, Rishi Sunak? Uh, he was at these parties as well. He got a fine by police. Is stuff going to run an article saying partying PM Sunak meets Ardern? Are we going to have, have a headline like that? I doubt it. That was Today FM's Lloyd Burr, the afternoon host, taking on stuff for describing Finland's Prime Minister, Sanna Murren, as the party Prime Minister in a headline and push notification. As Lloyd Burr pointed out, there have been plenty more male Prime Ministers, much more worthy of that label, than someone who was filmed on a phone a couple of times, dancing around during a do at her own house. Former Australian Prime Minister Bob Hawke, for example, once held the world record for sculling a yard glass, while another Aussie PM, Tony Abbott, once missed a crucial parliamentary vote because he was hung over. And our own Prime Minister, Robert Muldoon, called a snappy election while under the influence back in 1984. Well, Stuff later changed its headline this week about Santa Murren, and as we'll hear later in this programme... Stuff's had other things to worry about going on in-house as well. But Stuff wasn't the only outlet copping criticism for coverage of that Prime Ministerial Summit, and as Hayden Donnell now reports, posing some awkward questions about a matter of life and death as well. Yeah, a lot of people will be wondering, are you two meeting just because, you know, you're similar in age and, you know, got a lot of, you know, common stuff there, you know, when you got into politics and stuff, or can Kiwis actually expect to see more deals so between cool. our two countries down the line. That's a News Talk ZB journalist asking Jacinda Ardern and Finnish Prime Minister Sanna Marin whether they're meeting because, to paraphrase only slightly, they're both younger women. The response to that query has not been altogether positive. First, the journalist was rebuffed by Ardern. My first question is I wonder whether or not anyone ever asked Barack Obama and John Key if they met because they were of similar age. Uh, we, of course, uh, have uh, a higher proportion of men in politics. It, it's reality. Because two women meet, it's not simply because of the agenda. Then Marin added this. Yeah, we are meeting because we are prime ministers. After that, the criticism started flooding in from hundreds of people on social media. Then it came from those in the wider New Zealand media. This is Lloyd Burr on Today FM. They were meeting because they're both prime ministers. Does he think they're meeting just because they're both young women Prime Ministers? You think that's why they're meeting? Do you think she's come all the way to New Zealand to talk fashion and beauty tips, maybe childbearing as well? The criticism continued in the international media. Here's a headline from CBS News in the US. Prime Ministers Jacinda Ardern and Sanna Marin respond to reporters' sexist question about their historic meeting. There are real questions on why Marin is here, given our countries aren't huge trading partners as things stand. Thankfully, the Finnish Prime Minister kindly pointed some of those reasons out to the News Talk ZB journalist, saying this. Uh, we have a business delegation with us. Uh, we have a lot of things uh, in common, but also a lot of things where we can do uh, much more uh, together. Uh, one of those uh, things are technologies. I really worry about the dependencies that we have right now on authoritarian countries when it comes to new technologies, uh, the digital infrastructure uh, in our societies, and also the natural resources that we are dependent on. Good to know, though it's hard not to think a simple what are you here to do would have got a similar response without generating any international headlines about sexism. News Talk ZB may have produced near global consensus on the poor quality of that line of questioning, but it arguably discharged its duties in more responsible ways elsewhere. 
It was among the media organisations charged with covering the bulletin-leading case of two parents who had refused to consent to their sick child getting a desperately needed operation because it would mean he might receive a transfusion of blood from a donor who had been vaccinated against COVID-19. The lawyer and outdoors party leader Sue Gray is representing that family in court and has been making media appearances in that role. That's presented challenges for media who don't want to give their platform to her anti-vax views and it's resulted in some on-air flare-ups. Here's one involving Gray and Newstalk ZB's Heather Duplessy-Allen. Inflammatory factors in the blood, for example, that's why we're getting these myocarditis no, cases. No, no, Kate, Sue, 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 I don't want to go into, into, into your beliefs on this one because I just, I think we're never going to agree on it, so let's just stick to, it, to no, no, the facts we don't on need this. To, we don't, well, this is one of the issues, though. We don't need to agree to respect... Yeah, but I just, I just can't, views. Sue, I've got to be honest with you. I just, I just can't go there, OK? I just cannot okay, be bothered no, no, with this. A similar scenario played out the following day on RNZ's Morning Report when Corin Dan interviewed Gray. Kia ora, good morning. Kia ora, good morning, um, Corin. Okay. Thank you for inviting me on. You're welcome. Now, firstly... Here's the interview's first interruption. If we look at no, no, the look, Federal Drug asked, Administration, the Canadian uh, Blood Services Board, these have all found no, there is no, no issue here. We've got New Zealand's MedSafe, we've got the Blood Service, no, no, the Immunisation talking... Centre. The overwhelming okay, scientific let's, let's evidence is clear. I don't want to have a discussion about the research because well, you and I are lay people. Reason, we trust the, the experts. That devolved into a lengthy oscillation between Gray's attempts to recite anti-vax talking points and Dan's increasingly exasperated interruptions. When you've got a very unique condition, it's important to do additional research because the doctors are busy. They know what's generally oh, come okay. Come on, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm not going. No, we're not going to have that discussion. I, I want to come back to the other well, issue, which is the danger around a precedent here. Predictably, Gray's supporters have taken this treatment as evidence of a vast media cover-up. Meanwhile, the out-of-context or inaccurate claims about vaccines she did get to broadcast might have worried some listeners. Thankfully, having told those listeners to trust experts, not laypeople, Morning Report and other media did allow those experts some airtime. Dan talked to haematologist Jim Fayed later in the show. Meanwhile, immunology professor Nikki Turner appeared on Heather Duplessy-Allen's ZB show and on Three's The Project. Surely if you wanted to, though, you could find out the blood type of these um, unvaccinated people and do the screening and then supply their blood to the baby. Yes, you could do all of that, but it requires quite a lot of effort and quite a lot of process. Um, and our services are under an enormous amount of strain. Um, and you can't easily just do it for one individual. You know, we do this en masse for all our very ill and very needy people. So it is theoretically possible, and certainly when we have emergencies, we drop our quality standards. But we would not drop our quality standards when there's no medical reason to do so. These experts provided a useful corrective, but another way to avoid broadcasting misinformation is to just not book people who spread it. Before his interview with Gray, Dan sounded a little agonised over having to cover this issue when previewing Morning Report on First Up with Nathan Ruddity. Now we'll talk to the lawyer of the mother about this. Uh, so that will be just after 7 o'clock this morning. This is obviously a very tricky story, a very sensitive story, but... Uh, nonetheless, uh, one that is um, in the court. As Dan said, this is a matter before the courts and it's a major media story that's led news bulletins and filled front pages, including the Herald on Thursday under the headline, We're Not Prisoners. It's probably not realistic to ban Gray from media appearances under those circumstances. 
In the spin-off, Stuart Soman Lund recognised that before suggesting an approach for reporters interviewing her. Those interviewing her should either be fully prepared to counter in detail her anti-vaccination rhetoric or, given the likelihood it will quickly descend into conspiracy territory, cut it off early. Maybe Dan and Duplessy Allen could have been better served committing to one of those two roads. But at least their questions were incisive and on topic, even if they weren't met with useful responses. If this week's Prime Ministerial press conference showed us anything, it's that it's less embarrassing for our journalists to have it that way round than the opposite.